and welcome to the Bold Beautiful Borderline podcast. My name is Lori and as always I'm here with my good friend Sarah and today we're going to talk about the borderline personality disorder symptom that is chronic emptiness. So this may be a pretty short episode. Um, We did do an episode on dissociation already so if you are interested in that more in depth although that was a short one too definitely feel free to check out that episode. So just wanted to read a little bit about what chronic feelings of emptiness means just kind of generally. So I'm just looking on um, Google right now. So chronic emptiness is a sense of disconnection from both self and others, and it can be experienced on frequent and severe levels and is associated with low remission for people with borderline personality disorder. So for me, this is not a symptom that is necessarily like any different than dissociation sometimes I just kind of like zone out and honestly, sometimes I'll just like go completely numb. And again, that sounds very much like dissociation, but I just like, even my body sometimes will just fail me. Um, I don't know if Sarah experiences this too, but like, I will just like lie on the floor and I will not be able to move. And it's like really weird. And I just feel like a shell of a human. Yeah. It's, it's a symptom that I don't know for me if it's like a big component of my BPD. Yeah. I think because I have such a like, uh, strong, like movement routine, like I exercise and do yoga. I do some sort of like dynamic stretching at the very least every day that I don't feel this as much. I can say that if I go a week or two without movement, I start to feel like this, but movement is a big part of like how I ground and stay present in my body. Um, in my, in my mind. So I'm looking at a website right now and it says that some people who have chronic emptiness might feel lonely, dissatisfied, bored, sad, disconnected. Um, I don't often feel like just sad. (laughs) I'm like, I want to fucking die, but I'm not like sad in that middle ground. I'm never bored. I don't know. I think that, I think that this isn't something that is a huge, huge deal for me. Yeah. I, when I was thinking about the boredom thing too, and sometimes I do feel like that. Um, I'm like, I'm a very passionate person, but I'll go through stages, I guess, of just like, blah. I actually kind of feel like that right now where I'm just kind of like, I don't know, just kind of give up. Like, you know that psych study where they have the rat and it's being shocked on the one side of the thing and then it like jumps over to the other side of the thing and it doesn't get shocked and so it's like training training the rat to like go to the other box where it doesn't get shocked and then they eventually just like make everything shock it and then it just gives up um which is uh, what's that called learned helplessness. learned helplessness yeah yeah to me that's kind of what chronic emptiness feels like to me I don't know maybe this is probably like a super strange way of looking at it but like you know um like sometimes work is really 
like frustrating or hard or whatever or school and I'm just kind of like blah like that's like all I can explain it as is just like I just don't care about what happens I'll just like put my head down and like be a human that breathes and sleeps and whatever and yeah it's really funny we're talking about this today because that's kind of how I feel right now and I'm sure it's coming across in my voice (laughs) um but I've just yeah like when I have hard weeks and I just kind of give up in a way not in a suicidal way and just like a meh whatever doesn't matter yeah it's interesting I think I felt this in my marriage a bit Like I got to a place where I was like, Tori has just gone so much at work that I'm just like, I don't know what else to to do. There was definitely times I would distract with like television and whatnot, but I guess the way that boredom shows up for me in this is that I'm never bored, but that's because I'm moving on to the next thing. So like, I have a hard time sitting still in one thing for too long. And maybe that's because I begin to feel empty in that one thing. Who knows? I haven't ever really considered it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a really hard time with silence. And so I may not be technically bored because I always, like, I always have a podcast on. I always have a TV show on. I always, whatever. Like, I can't sleep without a podcast, like stuff like that. But yeah, maybe that's just because I, I feel very empty when I don't have something in the background. Or let me ask you this. Is that because your own thoughts are so loud unless that's on. Oh, that's, that's the primary reason for sure. Yeah. Like I, if I'm trying to go to sleep, I will have just like reoccurring thoughts of like guilt for some tiny comment that I made three weeks ago to somebody that was probably, they probably didn't even recognize that it was a comment that I made, but I just like, can't get over it in my head. And so I definitely listen to things for that reason. Um, just to kind of like shut my brain up. I mean, one would argue that mindfulness is something that I need, (laughs) but I find mindfulness just like so difficult in those situations. That's why I have to pair it with movement. Yes. Yeah. Like yoga for me is really helpful. Walking for me is really helpful. Swimming is a really great thing for me for mindfulness. I haven't been to a pool since COVID, but uh, just like in general, but yeah, I, I have a very hard time just like sitting still and being mindful and um I don't know, maybe, maybe it has to do with that boredom piece, but it's for sure the reoccurring thoughts. It's really interesting. My, my counselor is, no, she's not a psychiatrist. So like, she can't diagnose me with anything, but she is very, very, very convinced that I have like OCD tendencies, which is not something that I've ever had anybody tell me before. Duh. Have you seen your (laughs) Trello board? (laughs) That's true. That's true. But like, not even, yeah. Like, so I'm really organized, but like that, that's not really what she's like getting at. Like I, I seem to be stuck in like cycles a lot. Um, So like cycles of asking if people love me or like cycles of eating, exercising, like all of these things where I just get like very like stuck and I can't get out of like these like weird things anyway. So this is interesting not to like get us started on a whole new podcast, but you know that I have a diagnosis of obsessive compulsive personality disorder, right? No, I don't know that. Okay. It doesn't cool. show up as the primary like thing in my life, which is why I don't talk about it a ton. There's a ton of background around like really serious OCD symptoms in childhood around like counting and touch. 
that would lead to a ton of panic attacks and me having a hard time in class learning. All of those things kind of morphed into more cyclical compulsive behavior, but I'm going to read you the symptoms of obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And uh, it really Great. showed up for me in my in my experience in graduate school and my professional career. So perfectionism to the point that it impairs the ability to finish tasks, stiff, formal, or rigid mannerisms, um, being extremely frugal with money. You are not an overwhelming need to be (laughs) (laughs) punctual, extreme attention to detail, excessive devotion to work at the expense of family or social relationships, hoarding worn or useless items and inability to share or delegate work because of a fear it won't be done right. A fixation with lists, a rigid adherence to rules and regulations, an overwhelming need for order, a sense of righteousness about the way things should be done, and a rigid adherence to moral and ethical codes. I was diagnosed because of the last two symptoms, a sense of righteousness about the way things that things should be done, and a rigid adherence to moral and ethical codes. I have a really hard time with... I will write off other people if I feel like they don't behave in a way that is consistent with what I think is right. And I have that problem too. It's, it's fucked up so many. So that's where like the OC obsessive compulsive personality disorder and the BPD um, are fucked up because my obsessive compulsiveness tells me that like, I can't be friends with this person because they don't see the world the same way that I do. And then my BPD is like, fuck you, bitch, I'm out. <laughs> it's like, whoa, right. whoa, 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 whoa. There's more than these two options here. But anyways, the perfectionism is why I am a 27-year-old that owns a business and has a master's degree and like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I definitely have some of those things. And I, I think like some of the perfectionism things I've been working on a lot like just in terms of not letting that get in my way, because I mean, you can like being a perfectionist can be really helpful in some situations, but it can be really unhelpful in others. Um, That's interesting though. I I didn't know you had that diagnosis. Yeah, I was given it um, maybe two years ago when I was like really, really, really stuck in. um... So Tori had these really good friends who Um, one of them is like a blue lives matter person. Great. Great. And I just really fucking had a hard time. Like I had pretty much written them off before I hardly even met them because of some things that Tori had told me and that wasn't fair. And, and I completely manipulated the relationship. Um, and Tori isn't friends with them anymore. It ended in a really not so great way. I, to this day, we'll argue, always argue that they were not the kind of people that should have been in our lives anyways, because their values weren't the same as ours. However, the way that I went about it wasn't appropriate. But nonetheless, right. I really, 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 really got stuck with the values issue with these people. And I kept being like, Tori, these people are not good people because they don't believe that blue lives matter isn't a thing. Like it's, it's black lives matter, Tori, not blue lives matter. Like there is no gray period. There's no, there's no shade of gray in this to me, which I still think that there's not, but the, the constantly taking my values and placing it on other people. Like this couple wanted to go to Hawaii with Tori and I, and turns out Tori wanted to propose to me on this trip. Um, but I was like, I'm not going to Hawaii with them because they're using their financial aid money to go and I'm paying with my own money. I'm not going. 
Like I was just like, I can't go on vacation with the kind of people that are going to use their financial aid money to go on vacation. I can't do it. I won't do it. Like, I just was like really stuck on this. And I was like, Sarah, who cares? Like that's their own money. Who cares if it's their money that they're getting from the federal government then, and they're not using it to buy textbooks and they're going to Hawaii, who cares? But I like was really stuck on these same, like these people don't have the same values as I have. So I can't have them in my life. Um, Mm. And in processing, working through that, understanding also like how I was constantly compulsively trying to get to the next position for the state of Washington. And like, I was the youngest case manager in the entire state. And then the youngest program, like, uh, you know, person at headquarters. And I was the youngest person in my master's program. And like all of these things, my psychiatrist was like, when were you ever a kid? And I said, like I started working full-time swing shift my senior year of high school. I've never been a kid. I've always been like, what's the next thing? So in understanding all of these things, I did get this diagnosis of obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And I still have some true like OCD tendencies and counting and stuff, but it's mostly just the obsessing over values and beliefs. Which is really hard to not do right now. Like even if you don't have that diagnosis. Yeah. Oh yeah. The world is so messed up. <laughs> it is. But anyways, the huge tangent, you should read about it. Not that I think that you have this, but, um, I would love to be more frugal with money. I have you, to say <laughs> you definitely have some compulsive behavior around organizing for sure. And I'm oh, yeah. like, I'm, I'm far more go with the flow, um, which it's great for me. Cause I benefit from you doing that. Yeah. And I benefit from people that can go with the flow. I just, I'm not one of them. Like you like living in a van and doing all the stuff. Like I would die. Like um, I love oh it. Oh my God. Okay. Keep talking. I can't wait to show you what I'm going to show you. I, so I, I think it's really cool. And like, I have a lot of friends from England that just like come here for, you know, a year or whatever they go snowboarding, they go to wherever they go and go surfing and all this stuff. I, I couldn't do it. I remember before we started dating, Aaron went to Thailand with one of his friends and like, they didn't have a plan of like where they were going to sleep. Like they were just going to like stay in hostels or whatever. And I remember just like being so anxious on his behalf that like, what do you mean? You don't know what hotel you're staying in. Like if you don't have an itinerary that like says every single thing, you have a problem. The, the joke in my friend group is like, if Lori goes on a trip with you, like you need to schedule in your pee breaks on the itinerary because the itinerary is not to be messed with. <laughs> It's just like, we can never go on a trip together. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. No, I, that's so funny that you were anxious about Aaron because he was fine. Oh, he was like, this is like so fun, whatever. And I was like, I would never do that ever. Okay. So I'm showing you my notebook. Can I read it? Yeah, read it. I'm jealous of your free spirit to which I said, I lost everything to gain it. That's profound. Is that what I said to you? Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I so, think I- so I have been toying with the idea of self-publishing some poetry. And when you wrote, so this is, so we were talking about this, Lori and I were talking about this by iMessage the other day. And she said, I'm jealous of your free spirit. And I responded and I said, I lost everything to gain it. Right. And I was referencing, of course, the loss of my marriage. So then I wrote this in poetry form. And then in a little asterisk at the bottom, I said, this will be the last page of the book. 
Oh my God. Yeah. I have goosebumps. I do. I'm not joking. It's a, I literally say, it says, I am jealous of your free spirit to which I said, I lost everything to gain it. That is profound. And then I said, this will be the last page of the book. Oof. There you go. Do I get a writing credit? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. A special thanks to Lori. <laughs> For the two words that I said. Oh my God. But no, that mental, that, 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 that whole idea, right. Of like, wait, what's this episode about? I don't even remember. <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about chronic feelings of emptiness, which clearly we're not. Well, no. <laughs> I am jealous of your free spirit. It's like the exact opposite of chronic feelings of emptiness. But I guess that's the point of the podcast, right? Is that everybody is going to experience the symptoms differently. But maybe I'm such a free spirit because I'm constantly avoiding that chronic experience of emptiness. And I'm just flying to the next thing. Who knows? Way to bring it back around so it doesn't look like this episode was a total waste of time. But you're honestly, you're probably right, right? Like you can't, if you're never sitting still, and I think we both have this issue, like not physically sitting still, but like working on the next thing, like same thing. I'm going to like, I'm in my master's program. I'm going to go back to school and do my PhD and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And like, I have a very, very hard time not being successful or motivated or passionate or whatever. And so it is probably to avoid that, those feelings of emptiness, honestly. I just, we don't necessarily ever give ourselves enough time of nothing to feel that emptiness, to know that we have that problem. Yeah, totally. And, and I don't know about you, but I derived so much worth from the fact that I could say I was 23 years old, working full-time for the state of Washington in my graduate program, full-time training for a marathon and, you know, like whatever else I was doing. Like I truly believed that those things gave me worth, that I was capable of doing them all at once when the reality was I've always had worth, but I didn't believe it. And so I filled my life with all of this shit to try to avoid the emptiness that was connected to me feeling like I wasn't worthy. Mm -hmm. Let's end it right there. So obviously you need to drop out of school and feel your feelings. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm going to quit my job, sell my house. Uh, I did it. (laughs) Drop out of school. Yeah. Well, I finished school first, but I started my business and quit my corporate job and sold my house and I'm living in a van. And again, I'm jealous of your free spirit. (laughs) And I lost everything to gain it. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, sorry for this like shit show of an episode. Yeah, I think we aren't going to resonate with all the symptoms the same way that other people will. But our job is just to show up and be real about it. So thanks for hanging in with us and we'll see you next time. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bold, Beautiful, Borderline podcast. Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey, and we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about Borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you, and we'll see you next time.